Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. listening to SOJC Radio, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and teaching the doctrine of Christ to the whole world. Good evening and welcome to Friday night FOJC Remnant Gathering. Grab your Bible and your pens and your paper and when two or three are gathered in his name, the Lord is right here with us. So thank you for joining us and here's Brother David. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the August 18th, 2023 edition of the FOJC Remnant Gathering. I am David Carrico, and for the next hour, we will be studying the Word of God. Our study for this evening is entitled, Puff the Magic Prophet. I want to thank everybody that took part in our New Moon Prayerathon. I was very blessed. I, myself... The Lord healed my back. So I tell you what, it was worth it for me. It's amazing. The Lord is so good. And uh, we're so thankful for everyone that took part of that. We will be doing one uh, next month also. I don't know if we're going to do it on the new moon or whether we'll just have a fall feast prayer-a-thon or whether we'll have a, a September prayer-a-thon. But we are going to be doing one. And uh, we're, we're going to seek the face of the Lord. So we have a lot of things to pray about, as always, and um, I just uh, want to give a shout-out to Sister Rita. Uh, just a blessing seeing her today. I got a big hug from the Father when I uh, saw her today. And uh, so thankful for all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's good to see Tracy in the chat. We've been praying for her. We're going to continue to pray for her uh, for her physical issues that she's been having. We want to pray for Joyce's brother Rob. Uh, he has a rare sarcoma cancer. Uh, Sister Annie in Florida needs a housing change and financial needs. Uh, Robin's daughter and uh, family, they have an unspoken request. Ken and Jasmine need prayer for their daughter being exposed to blatant sin. Pray for protection and for this sin to be exposed. Amen. Sandra's divorce and daughter who was molested by her soon ex-husband. Amen. Send him up the road. Uh, Cindy, she's depressed because uh, the 501c3 church she left is shunning her. Well, Cindy, <laughs> rejoice. <laughs> Rejoice when you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. Brother Cecil is having nodes bleeds, and we want to pray for Brother Cecil. Absolutely. Uh, Mark, whose nephew had his teeth pulled Tuesday. Oh, he's going to have his teeth pulled uh, next Tuesday, and 
and cancer of the mouth. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my. Well, we want to pray for Mark. Bless his heart. Oh, my goodness. And a broken right foot. Well, we're going to we're gonna lift that brother up in prayer. Uh, Hunter has a two-year-old baby. And, uh, oh, Hunter is the two-year-old baby. And, and, it, and it needs healing. Bless his little heart. Oh, gosh, a virus in the lungs. Well, we don't like that. Neither does the Father. All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And, you know, I've noticed, and I began to realize this back in the 80s and the early 90s, we did a lot of conferences. We did conferences in uh, Columbus, Ohio, St. Louis, Chattanooga, all over. And we we did a lot of them. And I began to realize that right after a conference, when you're kind of up, you know, you're on a spiritual high, that you're really susceptible to attacks from the evil one. And uh, I kind of, I really saw the evil one uh, try to put his hands around my throat after that prayer meeting. So we just are aware of his tricks and uh, we're not ignorant of his devices. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we're thankful for a chance once again to come before you and lift up your son, Jesus, and to preach your word and to come before you in prayer. Father, we just want to lift up Joyce's brother, Rob. He needs healing from this cancer. And Lord, you are the healer, and we know it's your will to heal in Jesus' name. And Father, we also want to lift up Lori. We want to lift up Lori. And we just want to pray your healing anointing upon her in Jesus' name. We know you're able. Father, we want to pray for Sister Annie. She needs a housing change and a financial blessing. Father, in Jesus' name, touch her and meet those needs. Robin's daughter and family, they have an unspoken request. Father, we just pray that um, you just move in that situation. Ken and Jasmine. They need prayer for their daughter being exposed uh, to things she shouldn't be exposed to. There's so many of these situations, Father, and we just ask you to intervene on behalf of the children. And for Sandra also, and uh, this situation, Father, we just pray that you just get in the middle of that and protect that child and um, have your way with Sandra and uh, meet those needs in Jesus' name. We want to pray for Cindy, who's depressed because her 501c3 church is shunning her. Well, Cindy, you just praise God, sister. Praise God. God is going to honor your integrity. That's what we need. We need integrity. And God will bless you for that, and he will honor you. I guarantee you. We want to pray for Brother Cecil. He's having nosebleeds. And Father, in Jesus' name, we just pray that you touch our brother right now in Jesus' name. Just let your healing anointing go upon our brother and just heal him now in the mighty name of Jesus. We want to pray for Sue's nephew, Mark. Father, he's just got a lot of things wrong there. Uh, He needs healing. He needs spiritual help in this time I'm sure so father just bless Mark let your healing touch be upon him and father we know that boy having them teeth pulled is a that's a traumatic thing so be with him in the name of Jesus and uh, we know that you will 
and we want to pray for this little baby hunter who is fighting a virus we just pray father in jesus name we know you love the little children so just touch this child now in the mighty name of jesus we pray and we agree amen and amen worship the lord for just a few moments and we're going to be back with our message for this evening puff the magic prophet We're sorry, but because of copyright rules, you cannot hear my music. However, if you want to hear the message in its entirety with my music, you can join us on the radio page on Friday night for the live audio broadcast at 6 p.m. Central Time, or you can listen on our podcast page at fojcradio.com. Here's Brother David. Amen. It's about the cross. It's about the message. The message of the cross, the cross, the doctrine, and the example of Christ. It's about the message. It's about getting the message right. We're going to read from the book of Enoch to begin today. We're going to be calling our lesson Puff the Magic Prophet. And we're going to be continuing on in the great 24th chapter of Matthew. And we talked last week about the birth pangs of the kingdom and about the signs that when these signs begin to increase in intensity and in frequency, just like the pains of a woman ready to give birth increase in intensity and frequency, uh, the kingdom will come forth that kingdom that will come forth on the return of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God is now within us, but when he returns, the kingdom of God will be here on the new heavens and the new earth. And I want to read from the book of Enoch, chapter 62. Enoch prophesied of this also in the 62nd chapter in the 3rd and 4th verse. And he says, There shall stand up in that day all the kings and the mighty and the exalted and those who hold the earth, and, and they shall see and recognize how he sits on the throne of his glory. They will see him, all the boys at Davos, Klaus Schwab, all the boys at Blackrock, Larry Fink, and all the crowd. They're all going to sing. They're all going to sing. And righteousness is judged before him, and no lying word is spoken before him. Then shall pain come upon them as on a woman in travail. Now, not only does the word of God says the entire earth is going to have birth pangs and there's going to be the whole creation will groan as it talks in the 8th chapter of Romans. But here it talks about the pain and the anguish that those who hold the earth will be going through. Then shall pain come upon them as on a woman in travail, and she has pain in bringing forth when her child enters the mouth of the womb, and she has pain in bringing forth. And one portion of them shall look on the other, and they shall be terrified. And you and I, many of us, I believe, we will live to see that day. In the book of Second Estrus, 
another non-canonical book that I am quite fond of. It was in the King James Apocrypha. I want to read a text on the birth pangs from Second Estrus, the fourth chapter, and the forty-second verse. For like as a woman that travaileth, maketh haste to escape the necessity of the travail, even so do these places haste to deliver those things that are committed unto them. From the beginning, look, what thou desirest to see, it shall be shewed unto thee. And indeed, we're in the time of the birth pangs. This world is on fire. Not only is Hawaii on fire, but our whole world is on fire. It's upside down. It's crazy. From crazy weather to crazy everything. There's just no lack of crazy out there. But the one thing we can depend on is that rock, that eternal anchor, the rock of ages that will never change. He is immutable. He cannot change. I am the Lord. I change not as the great prophet Malachi recorded. And in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 11, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. It doesn't say that there's going to be a few false prophets and that there's going to be a few people deceived, but there's going to be many false prophets and many people are going to be deceived. And I I want to read something, and I'm going to read some more from Brother Perkins, William Perkins, who was the father of Puritanism. And I'm going to read a little something from his Complete Works, Volume 2, which contains his commentary on the book of Galatians. And some of the things, you know, and some people, when I read, uh, it's just like reading cardboard. They don't feed my soul. And there's some people that I love to have for godly counselors. We only have one teacher, but we can have many godly counselors. The Holy Ghost is our teacher. But Mr. Perkins speaks to my heart. I want to read something that I read uh, last night and that just really touched my heart. He said, The great fault of our times is that whereas the gospel is preached, it is not accordingly received. Men have no care to it. And they which know it give not unto it the assent of faith, but only hold it in opinion and I said boy oh boy there we go you know and if the if the father of Puritan Puritanism said that uh, he didn't even use the King James Bible because the King James Bible wasn't even translated he died before that great work was completed he was a Geneva man and um if such be sold then, how much more now? And I and I thought about that, you know. And how do we tell a false prophet, you know? And a false prophet, he has an opinion, but he doesn't have Jesus. You know, the Bible says if any man does not have the doctrine of Christ, he doesn't have God. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there with opinions. Well, I like this opinion on that, an opinion on this, and an opinion on that. But do you hear the doctrine of Christ? And if you don't, that person is a false prophet. You know, they say opinions are like belly buttons. And everybody's got one. And it just doesn't matter. And 
a, a lot of people, they'll believe things are true. You know, they'll say, well, I, I agree with you on this, agree with you on that. Well, that's an opinion. But have you received the word of God? Have you received Jesus? Have you come in submission to the real Jesus and the real word of God? Is it more than just an opinion? You know, we need to have more than opinion, or we're going to be someone that is just looking for an opinion from the next false prophet that's going to come down the road. And Jesus said there's many of them. Jesus didn't say there's going to be many people teaching the truth in the last days. He says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? The Apostle Paul said that, before the Lord returns, there'll be the great apostasy. The Apostle Paul wrote in Timothy that in the last days men would turn from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. In Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 12, they have belied the Lord and said, It is not he, neither shall evil come upon us, neither shall we see sword nor famine, and the prophet shall become wind. Puff. And the prophet shall become wind. Puff. The magic prophet. And the word is not in them. Thus shall it be done unto them. They puff and they spew out their opinion on this. Their opinion on that. Who cares? Do you have Jesus? Do you have the doctrine of Christ? Are you in submission to the doctrine of Christ and the commandments of God. And this is indeed what the situation is today. There are many puff the false prophets out there, and there are very few that care about integrity, that care about walking the straight and narrow way, that care about sound doctrine, that will endure sound doctrine, as Tracy and I like to promote in Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 14 and do you notice did you notice the the flavor of puff the magic prophet they have belied the Lord and said it is not he neither shall evil come upon us the prophet Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet and the very place in Jeremiah's grotto there, overlooking Jerusalem. This is where Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He went to the place where the prophet Jeremiah wept over Jerusalem, and he wept there also, and he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how would I have loved to gather you like a hen would gather her chicks, but you would not. No evil. Jeremiah brought a very harsh message of repentance. I did a message called Baruch of Bedlamech and the, and the Rechabites because they're the only three groups in the book of Jeremiah that the, the, the Lord has anything good to say about. I think today there's very little out there that the Lord has anything good to say about it because it's all a mixture. It's a little truth mixed with the Hebrew root, you know, and that is the spirit of Antichrist. Oh, yeah, got people running around saying, well, I can't say the name of Jesus because that's Bar Zeus. I can't say amen. I got to say amen. That's nothing but a rabbinic trick. Every word in the Bible is pure and right, and everybody said amen. Hallelujah. Always no evil will come upon you. 
no evil. That message judgment, well, that's not God. That's not God. Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 14. Wherefore saith the Lord God of hosts, Speak ye this word. Behold, I will make my words fire in thy mouth, and this people would, and it shall devour them. And over and over the prophets of old were called upon to prophesy against the false prophets. And I must do that this evening. I must prophesy against the false prophets, and I must stand against everyone and everything that wants to mix something else with the truth of God. It's not about an opinion. It's about the message. It's about the doctrine of Christ, the commandments of God. It's too late in this thing to play games. It's too late in this thing to play games. In Jeremiah the 8th chapter and the 11th verse, Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 11, For they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Over and over, this is the message of the false prophet. It is peace. There's no judgment. When, when, the, when apostasy reigns and apostasy rules, as it does in our nation today, and I know as it does in the nations of those that are listening, it's time for judgment. It's time for peace. And every time when the true prophetic message of repentance goes forth, the false prophets are there to, to oppose that. Now let's just back up one verse and let's read Jeremiah 8 and 10. And this is just a little flavor of the harshness. Uh, and boy, a lot of people say, well, boy, you're too harsh. You're too rough. Well, probably I need even harsh enough. Uh, in Jeremiah 8 and 10, Therefore will I give their wives unto others, and I will give their fields to them that inherit them. For every one of them, the least even unto the greatest, is given to covetousness. And from the prophet even unto the priest, every one dealeth falsely. Every one of them. Now wait a minute. You say, wait, now they can't all be bad. They can't all be bad, can they? Well, here's the deal. When you are in an apostate religious system and you shut your little mouth and don't say anything, you're as bad as they are. So, And this is the way. There's so many preachers in denominations and in these uh, government organizations and they'll say, well, I don't go along with all that. Well, you are going along with it. You're a part of the system. And it can be said of them as it was said of the prophets of old, from the prophet unto the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. They're all false. They're all rotten because they're going along with the system and they won't say a thing. In Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 1 and 2, the prophet nailed it. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. The problem in the day of Jeremiah 
It was the pastors. And the problem today, it is the pastors. Because in the New Testament church, there's not even an office of pastor. In Ephesians 4, there is the gift of pastor. And someone that has the gift of the pastor is someone that has a heart to look after people and to tend for them and to care for them. And the word pastor appears in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, the word pastor doesn't appear at all. And the word pastors, plural, appears one time in the fourth chapter of Ephesians. And it's a gift, and it's not an office. The problem then was the pastors. The problem now is the pastors who aren't even real pastors. You see, there's a system set up that's not only wrong doctrinally, but it's wrong in the structure with which it is set up. Now, in verse 17 and 18 here of Jeremiah 23, they say still unto them that despise me, the Lord hath said, ye shall have peace. And they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart, no evil shall come upon you. Now this is where the rubber meets the road. There are so many people, and we talk to them all the time. Jesus will make a clear statement, and there's many we could pick regarding to all the favorite false doctrines that the apostate church likes to espouse. And they will hear what Jesus said, yet with cognitive dissonance, they will believe the imagination of their own heart, and they will believe the vision of the false prophet. They say, come on, puff. Puff me a little piece. Give me a little, puff a little piece powder on me. And it's the imagination. No evil will come upon us. Let me tell you what, America's going down. We are looking at the final gas of this nation, and the way it is, it will be a good thing that it does. It's time for the judgment of God to lay this nation flat. I believe old Uncle Sam has his neck on the chopping block, and I believe the angels of God have the sword lifted, and I think all that has to happen is for the Lord to give the word to lop his head off to watch it roll. And it's, it's horrible. It's horrific. I am ashamed. I am ashamed and grieved at the things and the abominations that our nation promotes. And I tell you what, it's a blessing for each and every one that will sigh and groan for the abominations of this nation. And when the angels were cut forth on Jerusalem in Ezekiel chapter 9, nobody there that was of God was saying, oh no, please don't judge them. Please don't judge them. I tell you, it's time for the judgment of God to break forth because the judgment of God, that's what's needed to set the children free from abuse. So I say, even so, Lord Jesus, let that judgment fall. Let it fall now. In Jeremiah chapter 23, I want to read the 18th verse. For who hath stood in the counsel of the Lord and hath perceived and heard his word. You see, it's about thus saith the Lord. It's about the words of Jesus. Who has marked his word? Have we come to the place where we can say Jesus is right instead of the puff the magic prophet? It's Jesus. And it says, Who hath perceived and heard his word? Who hath marked his word and 
heard it. Whatever truth we're going after, we need to mark the words of Jesus. We need to stand upon his word. And we, when we're building doctrine and we're building truth, we should always start with Jesus and go from there. And if someone just has an opinion and they don't have the doctrine of Christ, well, puff, puff, puff. We don't need another opinion. It's too late in the game to be looking for opinions. We need Jesus. We need people that are going to mark the word of the Lord and follow what he says instead of their vain imagination and puff the magic prophet. In Jeremiah chapter 23, and I thought about, you know, puff the magic prophet lived in the 501c3. You know, I was going to do the whole song, but I thought, nah, that's too much. But I could do that. I could do it. But no, I'm going to spare you from all that. Yeah. Oh, Puff the Magic Prophet. Yeah, and we know old Puff. We know what old Puff was puffing on back there in the 60s. And, you know, it's the same thing. They're high. They're high on their toxic religion. They are intoxicated. And, you know, the the word that the book of Revelation uses, and it's uh, it, it's a very offensive word, but it's the harlot. You know, it is called the whore church, and that's an ugly word, isn't it? And it says that the people that were following the whore were drunk. They were drunk. Hey, I imagine we've all at one point in our life tried to talk to a drunk. It doesn't work very well, does it? You can't talk to a drunk, and I tell you what, a drunk will tell you anything when they're drunk, and it's meaningless. And that's about the way it is today. People will tell you anything, and it's pretty much meaningless because they have an opinion. But let me tell you what, we have to have more than an opinion. And in the 23rd chapter of the book of Jeremiah, in the 30th verse, the word of the Lord says, Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets. And we need to understand that all the puff, the magic prophets, the Lord's against them. The Lord's against them. And if you are following Puff, the Lord's against you too. It's time to realize it's more than just an opinion. It's the doctrine of Christ, the commandments of God. It's about the message. It's about the message. Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words, everyone from his neighbor. They're stealing God's word from people. Now, how do they do that? In Jeremiah's day, Jeremiah brought a message of judgment. He said, because you have mixed the worship of the Most High God with the things of idolatry, God is going to judge you and bring the Babylonians upon you. And in 586 B.C., the Babylonians came in and they destroyed Jerusalem. And at the time, Jeremiah was in the dungeon, and when the Babylonians came in, they liberated Jeremiah out of the dungeon. Let me tell you what, they stole the words of God from the people because they stood against the true prophet of God, and they said, that ain't God, that ain't him, we're going to have peace, we're not going to have judgment, there won't be a food shortage. Today... The dispensationalists come right out and say, Louis Ferry Schaefer, J. Vernon McGee, C.I. Schofield, 
They all said that the Sermon on the Mount, well, that's not for Christians. That's for Jews in the millennial reign. Uh, that's stealing the words of Jesus from people when you tell them that uh, it's not for them. In, in Matthew uh, 13, when Jesus said the tares are coming out before the wheat, oh, that's not for Christians. That's Jews in the millennial reign. John 17, 15, I pray not that uh, you take them out of the world, but keep from them the evil. Oh, no, that's not, that's, no, 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 that's not for you either, you see. They're stealing the words of God from people. They're puff. They're puffing their little puffy vain imagination and they're stealing the words of God. It's time for a people to mark the word of the Lord, to mark it, to stand upon that and to realize it's about the message. It's not about an opinion. Who cares about our opinion? It's about thus saith the Lord. It's about thus saith the Lord. In Amos chapter 8, Amos chapter 8 and verse 11. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Let me ask you a question. If you would get your favorite Christian radio channel, And you would listen to that all day long. How long do you think you'd have to listen before you heard the doctrine of Christ? If you would turn TBN on, how long do you think you would have to listen before you would hear the doctrine of Christ? I know you'd hear the greed seed real quick. I know you'd hear their old greedy seed. Uh, You'd hear that real quick. But um, you see... It's time to come back to Jesus. And you see, how how about the people? How about the people? You see, there's a famine. The, these churches and these broadcast outlets, they have more money, and they're reaching more people than ever before. But there's a famine, my friends, of hearing the words of the Lord because the words of the Lord are not uplifted. They're mingled in piecemeal a bunch their opinions, and this mixture is what brought the judgment of God in 586 B.C., and this mixture is what will bring the judgment of God now. I say let the judgment fall on all of the Puff the Magic prophets. There's a famine today of hearing the words of the Lord. The people that are good intentions, they have good, they want to go to find truth and they go in and there's a famine of hearing the words of the Lord because they've been stolen from them. How many of these churches, it is the predominant American theological position dispensationalism that the law of God is not incumbent on us anymore. Now, how about that? Is just throwing the Ten Commandments and God's moral law out, is that stealing God's word from the people? I think so, don't you? And there's a famine. There's a famine. And you see, we're lifting up the banner of Christ. We're feeding people in this dry and thirsty land. There are pilgrims that are journeying out there. They need direction. They're, they're hot and they're dusty and they're weary. And they need the word of God to refresh them. And we need to remember that always, first and foremost, that is our job to give people the words of the living God and to call people unto repentance unto salvation and call them unto repentance 
to the Most High God. And if we are not doing that, it is nothing but Puff the Magic Prophet. Let's look in the book of Matthew. And let's look in the 13th chapter. This is the great chapter. One of the great chapters where the Lord teaches by parables. And I think this is much the case today um, in Matthew, the 13th chapter. And I want to read, uh, start here in the 9th verse. And it reads, <laughs> here's, our, here's our memory verse for today, folks. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. <laughs> when Jesus would teach, he would say, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And that's the way it is right now. We will teach the doctrine of Christ, and we will preach the gospel of the kingdom. He that hath an ear, let him hear. And you'll either hear or you won't. And, and that's the way it is. But it's not up for compromise. It's not up for uh, being sullied with compromise or dilution. It is what it is. It is what it is, and it won't change. It's been the same ever since Jesus Christ rose to the right hand of the Father. It'll be the same next week, a year from today, or however long till the Lord tarries. Now he goes down in verse 13. Therefore speak I unto them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. How many times have you shared the straight words of Christ with someone and have them absolutely reject it and repudiate it? I'm sure that's happened to you just like it's happened to me. Let me read on here. Let's read on a couple more verses and we're going to comment. Verse 13 again, Therefore speak I to them in parables. This is why Jesus taught in parables. Because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross. Now, that gross, you know, that's a good word too in it. Just gross. Their heart is gross, and it's wax gross. It's just got all big and gross. You know, it's not just gross, it's wax gross. It's just a big old gross thing. What a terrible thing for the Lord to say about someone's heart. Not terrible that he said it, but terrible that he had to say it. Their heart was gross because they had no place in their heart for the words of Jesus, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest that at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them, but Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. I want to read the comment of Charles Spurgeon on this text. And he is so spot on. And he says this, They could not understand spiritual things, and therefore he gave them no Naked doctrine. <laughs> I love that. 
naked doctrine. It's the tares before the wheat, baby. And if you say the the wheat before the tares, I got a little naked truth for you. You're wrong. You're wrong. That's naked. That's raw. It's in your face. And when they reject the naked truth of Jesus, guess what happens? He said, for then they would not have listened at all. And you know, when you have these situations where you share with people and they reject the words of Christ, Jesus also said, don't throw your pearls before swine lest they rend you underfoot and trample you. And that's what he compared these people to. They had a gross heart. They were just like a hog. You know, a hog is a dangerous animal. Uh, They can, uh, someone falls into a pair of hogs, they can eat your bones and all. Um, It says they did not see, they did not really see what they saw, nor hear what they heard. And I tell you what, devils are involved. Let's, you know, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. When the word says one thing, uh, when when the Lord says thou shalt not kill, and you say, well, that's passed away, well, guess who's in trouble? You see, they can't really see what they saw nor hear what they heard because they had rejected the truth for their vain imaginations and puffed the magic prophet. Brother Spurgeon goes on, the plainer the teaching, the more they were puzzled by it. You know, the, the plainer the word of God is, the more they were puzzled. You see, this is why Jesus taught in parables, because they didn't deserve naked truth. They had gone to the place where naked truth was too good for them. Brother Spurgeon goes on, Those who refuse to see are punished by becoming unable to see. Wow. Those who refuse to see are punished by becoming unable to see. The penalty of sin is to be left in sin. The Jews of our Lord's day would trifle with what they heard, and so they were left to hear without understanding. My goodness. They looked the Son of God in the eye, and they told him, that he did what he did by the power of Beelzebub, and they blasphemed their soul into eternal damnation. Where do we stand when men and women hear the words of Jesus, even if it comes from lowly servants such as us? Where do people stand when they reject the naked truth of Christ and steal those words from their own heart and from the hearts of their friends? Brother Spurgeon goes on. They had deadened their own faculties. Perversity and sin had made them heartless and deaf and blind to all spiritual things. If they turn to Christ, he will heal them, even of gross hearts and dull ears and closed eyes. But alas, there is a generation which will not be converted For they are proud of their blindness and grossness. And I think we're to that point. People are proud of their blindness. Um, And and we're going to talk about that in in the rest of our broadcast this evening. But I tell you what, Puff the Magic Prophet, you can catch his show daily 
on TBN. You can catch Puff the Magic Prophet. You know, you can catch him uh, on on Sunday mornings in most of the pulpits. Let me tell you what. It's time to feed the flock of God. Just like our Lord said to Peter, feed my sheep. That's our job, to feed the sheep with the real word of God and not the vain imagination of Puff, the magic prophet. Well, I'm going to take a break, and as you might imagine, when we come back, we've got a lot more on the FOJC Remnant Gathering. We'll be right back in a moment. Hello, FOJC Radio Remnant family. Sister Donna here. I just want to thank all of you for your support and your love and kindness. Just wanted to let you know that here at FOJC Radio, we want to reach the world for Jesus. I know you know this verse. You've said it as a child probably many times. But as a reminder, in John 3, verse 16-17, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In order to do this, we have chosen to use many different avenues. We have our regular Friday night message with Brother David, and then we have our Sunday night live, and we have different people on it, and then we have other Sunday night live programs with David and Tracy. Sometimes we're on Rumble, and sometimes we're on YouTube. You just never know who we might have on there. But I just wanted to remind you all and thank you for your support and give us a listen on Sunday Night Live. These programs usually start at 8 p.m. Central Time. You never know what we might be doing. We're full of all kinds of surprises. We want to reach the world for Jesus. FOJC Radio wants to introduce to our Remnant family the Holy Commission Boot Camp brought to you by Brother Brett Graham. These teachings are the basics or training for brothers and sisters in Christ's service. The Holy Commission is found in Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Brett shares how we should walk with the Lord in order to accomplish the Holy Commission, and also some tips about soul winning. If you have questions about this series, Please send them to lastdayschurch at cs.com and put capitals HCBC 
in the subject line. You can find playlists for the Holy Commission Boot Camp on our Rumble and our YouTube channels. And thank you, as always, for your prayers and support. Now back to tonight's message with Brother David Carrico on FOJC Radio. Welcome back to the FOJC Remnant Gathering. And as I always do at the break, I want to sincerely thank each and every one of you that prays with us and that studies with us and that supports us with your gifts and with your kindness. We do appreciate it from the bottom of our heart. We couldn't do what we do without it. We thank you so, so very much. Um, Sunday night on FOJC Radio Sunday Night Live, Brother Brian Reese and myself will be doing Atlantis Rising, 8 p.m. on our Rumble channel. And uh, as you know, last week um, we was here, we was trying... Brother Brian was doing everything but whistle the Star Spangled Banner, and he couldn't get it going. And if it had done that, it scared me. But we're prayed up, and we're going to be rolling out Atlantis Rising, 8 p.m. Sunday night on the FOJC Rumble Channel. Uh, I believe it'll be a blessing to you. We're going to get back into the scripture, and we're going to read from the 24th chapter of Matthew and we're going to look at verse 12 here Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12 and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold and iniquity is sin but iniquity is that thing in your heart that makes you commit sin. And we talk a lot about cleansing from iniquity. We talk a lot about that in our uh, Victim to Victors book. We've seen, gosh, I don't know how many people that have been set free from that. Uh, And what that is, what iniquity is, you know, it's one thing, it's an act of sin to take your hand and hit somebody. But what iniquity is, it's that thing in your heart that made you do the action. That cleansing of the sin that we talk about from that sanctification, from the Holy Spirit baptism, burning out the dross from our sinful hearts. And there's a lot of people that are walking around. How many, you know, here again, I wonder how long you would have to listen to Christian radio or television before anyone would talk about uh, iniquity and cleansing of it from our heart. And what, what the bottom line is, there's people walking around with a lot of junk. And a lot of times it's not the people's fault. They aren't told how to get rid of their junk. There's a lot of people that are living a defeated life and it's not their fault because they've never been taught how to live the victorious life. There's a lot of people carrying around a lot of junk because no one's ever told them they can get rid of their junk and have their iniquity cleansed. And that's the picture here. We've got sin abounding in the world. 
And we have the people that are professing Christ, they're carrying around a lot of junk with them. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Brother Matthew Henry and Brother Adam Clark's in the house this evening. Let's hear a little bit from them on this passage. And Brother Henry said this, The abounding of iniquity, though the world always lies in wickedness, yet there are some times which it may be said that iniquity doth in a special manner abound. Now let's just have a full stop. And let's think about that for just a moment. I could have said in 1960 when I was 10 years old that iniquity abounded. And I remember when I was 10 years old I went up to vacation Bible school and I gave my heart to Jesus. And I had a real experience with the Lord. And um, I, I would take a little uh, I would take a cardboard box and I would turn it upside down and I would preach off my cardboard box <laughs> when I was about 10 years old. And um, I tell you what, the Lord is so good. He is so faithful. And I could have said in 1960 that the world was lying in wickedness, but how much more now? Aren't we, aren't, don't we all sense that and know it? That it's a special manner now when iniquity abounds. There are people that are living the most ungodly lifestyles, and they're not only doing it, there have always been people living ungodly lifestyles, but now these people are demanding that the church and the entire nation approves of their lifestyle. It's not just enough for them to commit their iniquity and their abominations, but they expect everyone to approve and applaud them. There's a special flavor right now. We are in one of those seasons, like Brother Henry said, uh, and it may be said that iniquity doth in a special manner abound. And this is the 24th chapter of Matthew. This is the prophecy of our Lord answering those two questions that we read, we, we studied in last week's lesson regarding the destruction of the temple and the coming, his return and the end of the world. So this is something that can really help us to discern that we are near the Lord's return because there's just a special flavor of evil right now. There's just a special dose of iniquity. There's just a little extra hot sauce in their little bouquet of sin. He said, he goes on, and when it is more extensive than ordinary, as in the old world, when all flesh had corrupted their way. Now, full stop again. <laughs> he likens this last day's iniquity to the sixth chapter of Genesis. Can everybody say amen? This, in, in the sixth chapter of Genesis, when all flesh had corrupted its way, and that has reference not just to the human genome, but to the animal, how much more are we in a special time right now of genetic corruption? And I know that I'm speaking to the choir. I know that you very well know what I'm talking about. And he goes on to say, And when it is more excessive than ordinary, when violence is risen up, and we talked about that last week, how that violence is being promoted and approved of 
toward Christians as a rod of wickedness so that all hell seems to be broke loose in blasphemies when the wicked are hot in their wickedness as the church of Ephesus in bad times left her first love. When the wicked get hot, there's a tendency for the people of God to get hold. We can't get cold. We can't do that, can we? We got to stay hot. We got to stay red hot. We cannot let this overflowing of this end time wickedness cool our fervor and our love for the Lord. He goes on to say, the devil is the accuser of the brethren, not only to their enemies, which makes persecuting iniquity abound, but one to another, which makes the love of many wax cold. It will make our love for the Lord wax cold, and it will make our love for one another wax cold. And another individual that really touches my heart on a regular basis is Brother Charles Finney. And I was reading his autobiography the other day, not long ago, and he was talking about all the opposition that he met with. Uh, He was over, I think he was in Pennsylvania, and he was going into a town, and all the churches got together to try to keep him out. Can you imagine that? But yeah, yeah, that happened. And he spoke about how that the Lord enabled him to even have kind thoughts toward those that opposed him. I tell you what, it's it's amazing. We cannot let this overwhelming iniquity cause our love for the Lord to grow cold, and we cannot allow it to cause our love for one another grow cold also. Let's hear from Brother Adam Clark. Brother Adam Clark, he was one of John Wesley's buddies, And he said this, By reason of these trials and persecutions from without, and those apostasies and false prophets from within, the love of many to Christ and his doctrine. Full stop. What did the man just say? Let's let's just go back for an instant replay. By reason of these trials and persecutions from without, and those apostasies and false prophets from within, the love of many to Christ and his doctrine. You see, at the time Brother Clark taught, he believed the doctrine of Christ. This demonic teaching of dispensationalism hadn't been invented yet. The devil hadn't invented it yet. When Brother Clark taught. Now, there are so many people, we're at a time, that if you're going to teach the doctrine of Christ and stand for the whole Word of God, that this sounds like some kind of occultic teaching. And indeed, this is what uh, Brother Schofield said in his note on the text in Corinthians. It's in his indir- in the introduction to the uh epistle of 2 Corinthians when he said that the most dangerous people in Corinth were those that held the kingdom teachings of Jesus Christ Uh, called them a dangerous sect I taught a lesson based upon that I called it the cult of Jesus Christ and that's how they look upon us and today if you just believe if you just believe in what Jesus said and if you believe in the Ten Commandments and God's moral law they look at you like your cult and if you just really believe the Bible, and if you'll believe in the real one and not the Howdy Duty Bible, um, they really do look at you like a cult. But that's okay. Listen, 
and this is what Brother Clark is saying, that because of these apostasies within, people will be draw cold to Christ and his doctrine. And here's how it is today. If you hold to what Christ said about the pre-trib, about eternal security, about so many of the things that uh, are so against the grain of the modern uh, a religious system, you're going against the grain. And after a while, you know, so many of us are, uh, you know, and we're so thankful. Uh, we're so thankful and we're so blessed to have a, many, many good folks in our area that are right here that we see in real time all the time, and we're so blessed for that. Our brothers and sisters in Christ, that they that is the greatest gift that the Lord has given us. But you see, when when you're going against the grain and you go against the grain and you're rejected and you're put down, there's a tendency to grow cold. And we cannot allow, as Brother Clark said, I just want to read this again, by reason of these trials and persecutions from without and those apostasies and false prophets from within the love of many to Christ and his doctrine and to one another shall grow cold, some openly deserting the faith, as verse 10, others corrupting it, as in verse 11, and others growing indifferent about it, as in verse 12. Even in this early period, there seems to have been a very considerable defection in several Christian churches, and we saw it. You can see it, and uh, in John 6.66, you can remember that. And in John 6.66, there was one of the times where many turned away from Christ when he gave them naked truth. He gave them naked truth. In Matthew chapter 24 and the 13th verse, But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And every one of the letters to the seven churches. There's a blessing there for the overcomer. Do you know what the blessing is for the person that doesn't overcome? Nothing. Nothing. In um, the word biblical commentary, commenting on verse 13, it says, in a context, in a context of tribulation and persecution, the promise of ultimate salvation is given to the one who endures to the end. Amen. Indirectly, the point is underlined that severe tribulation will be experienced before the coming of the end of the age. Now, boy, that's a good one too, isn't it? That is a good one. And listen... Uh, this isn't happy, church. You know, and it is happy because we are blessed and happy with the joy of the Lord. But we're not here to tell you smooth things. We're not here to tell you judgment isn't coming. We're telling you just like Jesus did and, and just like here. Let's read that again. Again, in a context of tribulation and persecution, the promise of ultimate salvation is given to the one who endures to the end. Indirectly, the point is underlying that severe tribulation will be experienced before the coming of the end of the age. 
And we are, in my opinion, on the very cusp of it. This old world could blow apart, and our nation as we know it, uh, well, it pretty much has already gone away, hadn't it? But even the veneer of some kind of financial security and sustainability, that could go away in a heartbeat. I guarantee you there's so much stuff going on. Um, the meaning of that word endure, it's the word hupameno, and it means to abide under, to bear up courageously. It's the opposite of a whiner, you know, a whiner, a mumbler, and a grumbler, a murmurer. Hupameno, to abide under, to bear up courageously. It's the person that can go through hard times. You can go through it with a smile and the joy of the Lord. Because if God be for us, who can be against us? I can do all things through Christ that strengtheneth me. And it's just like Jesus' half-brother Jude said in the third verse of that epistle. He said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now, when I read this verse, I ask folks, who delivered it? Who delivered the faith to the saints? That would have to be Jesus, wouldn't it? It has to be Jesus and nobody else but Jesus. And it says here that we are to earnestly contend for it. That means to fight for it. And I will fight for the the doctrine of Christ and the truth of the word of God every opportunity I will. And if if the Lord's half-brother, writing in the first century, said that then he was telling believers to fight for the faith that was delivered by his half-brother Jesus. How much more do we have to fight today? Do we have to earnestly contend and fight for that truth? And that's our job, is to fight for the truth of the faith that was once delivered by Jesus Christ himself. Let's look at a few scriptures where that word hupomone is used. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 22, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth unto the end shall be saved. We're beginning to feel that hatred, aren't we? We're beginning to understand that somebody that will say what the Bible says about sexual sin or about any kind of sin, you know, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be hated. And we're going to be looked at as a problem that needs to be eliminated because we will stand in the way of their agenda. And we'll stand in the way of it, and we will not budge. In Second Timothy chapter 2 and the 10th verse, we see the word again. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake. This is the Apostle Paul speaking of all the things he went through to bring the word of God to people. And boy, I tell you what, 
I could talk about that for a while. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake. And I tell you what, if you can keep in perspective that it's all about Jesus, I tell you what, Sister Tracy blessed my heart today. She blessed my heart with a letter from an 11-year-old girl. And I tell you what, it was just amazing and so heart-touching of of the letter that this 11-year-old girl wrote after listening to a teaching that Tracy and I did. And I tell you, it's things like that that makes all the, and I'll just say junk, that's a nice word, all of the junk that you have to put up with to put out the word of God, it's worth it. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. That's what it's all about, giving the people the truth that they may be saved and that they might endure unto the end. In Hebrews chapter 12, Tracy's going to have to read that on her um, morning devotion because uh, I tell you why, it touched my heart. It just really touched my heart. Uh, In Hebrews chapter 12, and I can't think of the name of her little morning broadcast. uh, uh, Excuse me, Tracy. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured... Yes, he had a little hoopamone. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Yeah, when we think about all the stuff we go through, when we stand for the truth and get beat down, morning by morning. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. I'm sorry. I just couldn't. That was just a million miles away. Yeah. And uh, we'll put her on the spot. She's going to have to read that in the morning, isn't she? Uh But when you think about all the junk you have to go through, if you think about the people that are going to be in heaven because of it, and when you think about Jesus Christ, the contradiction of sinners against Jesus, the holy, sinless Son of God, they stripped him naked, they spat upon him, and he hung nude upon a cross for you and I for our salvation. What a Savior! What a Savior! And if we will think about the things that Jesus went through, so that we might be saved, it will make it a little easier for us to endure the contradiction of sinners and all that we will go through to lift up a pure message that will save the souls of men and women. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 24 and let's read the 14th verse. Matthew chapter 24, and we're going to read verse 14. And the scripture says here, And this gospel, (laughs) and you notice when Jesus said this gospel, that means the same gospel he preached, yeah. And uh, we got to ask this question, don't we? Is the gospel preached today this gospel that Jesus preached? 
Yeah, we're going to have to think about that, aren't we? And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Now, I like this. I like that because that says that there's going to be some straight preaching before the Lord returns. And I see the Lord raising up individuals that are giving it to straight. I got We got a few of them right here in the chat. We got a few of them right now up here in the FOJC remnant gathering that are putting it out straight, that are putting it out straight. And um, this is great. We are a fulfillment of Bible prophecy, my friends. The very fact that we are gathered here today standing for the doctrine of Christ and the commandments of God, we're a fulfillment of Bible prophecy because Jesus prophesied that this gospel of the kingdom would be preached before the end. And you and I, my friends, we're going to be a part of that. We're going to be a part of that. And I keep that in mind. I say, well, uh, you know, uh, as long as I can do my best to preach it right and preach it straight, I think that's the best thing I can do to stick around and be preserved in this mess. And I think that's the same for each and every one of us. Now, Jesus said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached. Now, that implies something, doesn't it? that there's going to be a gospel preached that isn't the gospel of the kingdom. And indeed, the Apostle Paul said that there's another spirit, that there's another gospel. Now, let's look at Matthew chapter 3, and let's just look at this gospel of the kingdom that Jesus preached. And it's the message that John Baptist preached before him in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus didn't come saying, uh, Will you please accept me as your Lord and Savior? Like, you know, Jesus needs us to accept him. But it's time to repent and say, Oh God, upon my repentance of sin and my faith in your sinless holy death upon the cross, please forgive me and accept me. Amen. We've got to get back to the gospel of the kingdom. When you see a pattern here, just wave your hand. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I remember it was back in the 80s. We were doing a lot of street evangelism. And Sister Don and I, we said, Well, we needed some tracts to pass out some tracts. So we go down to the local Christian bookstore. And we was there to buy us some salvation tracts to pass out. Now, the problem we had, there was probably six or eight different kinds of salvation tracts. None of them had the word repent in it. None of them had the word of repent in it. That our word, let me tell you what, that's the word that's been taken out, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And when you take repentance out, you don't have the gospel of the kingdom. You see, that's what's coming back, my friends. That's why there's people 
there's church houses filled of people that are not born again because if sin is not repented of, it is not cleansed, and new birth will not take place. In Luke chapter 24, beginning in verse 45, when you see a pattern, raise your hand. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. O oh Lord, let that happen again. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooveth Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance, all hands up, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. No repentance, no forgiveness, no new birth, no regeneration. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. My friends, you and I this evening... We are indeed a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. In 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4 and the 17th verse for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God. Notice that little word in there. There's another word been ripped out, isn't it? For time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the, be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Obedience, which is another thing. That, is going, that has been ripped out. In Revelation chapter 14, the Lord understands that here on the, on the truth side of things, and like I say, we don't need everybody. We don't need everybody. We just need a few folks that will give it all to Jesus. It's like Gideon's army. <laughs> you know? <laughs> The Lord told Gideon to tell everyone that was afraid to go home. Two-thirds of them left. <laughs> you know, two-thirds of them left. I tell you what, it ain't going to be no different today. But the Lord understands that we might be a little short-handed, so you know what he's going to do? He's going to send the angels of God to help us preach the gospel in Revelation. Chapter 14, verse 6 and 7. And I saw another angel. Fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. And those angels are not going to be flying through the heaven saying, uh, will you please accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? No, I won't. They're going to be saying, Fear God! Repent! Fear God! Hallelujah! We'll join with the angels in proclaiming the everlasting gospel, bless His name. It's all about the message. It's not about having an opinion. It's about getting the message right. In 1 Corinthians 15, Let's get the content of the gospel. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if 
if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. These are the nuts and bolt facts that we must believe. We must believe that Jesus died for our sins, according to the Scripture. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for our sins, and that sin must be repented of. There must be a repentance of sin and a turning to Christ as Lord and us as servant in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It will not be accepting Jesus Christ. It will be confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and repenting of sin. That's going to bring new birth. It's time for the return of the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. It's time to join with the angels in proclaiming the everlasting gospel. Let's go to the book of Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. And let's begin in verse 6. Galatians chapter 1 and the 6th verse. Marvel, I, I marvel, that ye are so soon removed from him that called you under the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Now think about that. Now here in the church of Galatia, and we've talked a lot about this, about Galatians, these were the Gallic people. The, the Galatian people, um, they're the people that were the Gauls. This is the bloodline that came down from the Gamorian giants, and among the Gauls, there was a ruling class, a priestly class, that were giants. They were big. Uh, the the historian Pezron called the Gauls the tallest people on earth. Uh, the priestly class, uh, they were taller than the, the average Galatian. And it was to these people that, uh, you know, Paul came there. And he gave them the real gospel, and he gave them the truth. But along comes some Johnny Jack legs, and it didn't take long for people to be moved from the truth. It was said by Jesus, by John the Baptist, what did you go out to see? Someone that's a weed, a reed that blows with the wind. You know, and that's what a lot of people are. They're just like a weed that'll be blowing every time they come up with another opinion on YouTube. Uh, they think that's fine, just fine and dandy. Well, I tell you what, we don't need another opinion. We need the words of Jesus. And he goes on to say, which is not another. You know, Paul says that they were moved into another gospel, but it's not another. There is but one gospel. The other gospel is a false gospel that brings no salvation. It brings no new birth. It will only bring a false assurance of salvation and a certain damnation unto those that embrace it, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you who would pervert the gospel of Christ. They were little perverts and puffed the magic prophet 
He's a little pervert. He perverts the gospel. He'll take out repent. He'll take out obey. And um, he lives by the 501c3. You better watch out for him. In verse 8, But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be a curse. Now, Paul just went over the line, didn't he? He He called for a curse upon these people that preached another gospel. Well, let me tell you, if we would look at it from God's perspective and if we would realize that the false message of Puff the Magic Prophet is sending people to hell, there's only one way of salvation. That's the real Jesus and the real gospel. That's why the Apostle Paul, through the anointing of the Holy Ghost, called for a curse upon those that were preaching another gospel. It's about the message, my friend. It's about getting the message right. Verse 9, in case we missed it the first time, the Holy Ghost repeats it. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man, if any man, I don't care who it is, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I speak to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. The minute you're a man pleaser, you have made it impossible for you to be a God pleaser. I want to look a little bit more at some things Brother William Perkins, the father of Puritanism, had to say on this text. He said the Jews... Beside the written law of Moses must have their Kabbalah. You see, <laughs> I'm, I wasn't the first guy to speak out about the evil of Kabbalah. And the Puritans, they knew and they understood. Back then, <laughs> if you would have went up to John Bunyan and said, No, well, we can't say the name of Jesus. That means Bar Zeus. We can't say the name of Jesus. Now, Brother Bunyan, don't say amen. Say amen. I tell you what, they'd been shooed out the door so fast that, that their little heads would spin. You see, the spirit of Antichrist, and I'll say it again. We need to say this repeatedly because... Um, of all the infection and the defilement that comes from that Hebrew root messianic movement, it is all salted with the teaching of Christ rejecting rabbis, which is the spirit of Antichrist. I will stand to do everything I can to pull people out of that cult back to Christ and to have people cleanse themselves of this defilement of the spirit of Antichrist. The Jews, besides the written law of Moses, have their Kabbalah containing, as they supposed, more mystical and excellent doctrine. The Papists, besides the word, set up unwritten tradition that they make equal with the Scripture. Again, hence it appears to be a falsehood that every man may be saved in his own religion. Let's say that again. Again, it appears to be a falsehood that every man may be saved in his own religion. So be it, he hold there is a God, he that is a rewarder of them that come unto him. For there is but one gospel. And if the former opinion be true, then so many opinions and so many gospels. We don't need another opinion. 
We need Jesus. We need thus saith the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians. First Thessalonians. You ought to see me here. I tell you what, I got a book in my left hand, and I'm turning pages in another book in the right hand. I tell you what, I'm nimble. I'm nimble, let me tell you. First Thessalonians. Look at your neighbor and say, Thank God, Brother Dave's nimble. First Thessalonians chapter one and verse five. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, for ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And Brother Perkins said, The great fault of all times, and I'm going to read it again. The great fault of our times is that whereas the gospel is preached, it is not accordingly received. Many have no care to know it, and they which know it give not unto it the assent of faith, but only hold it in opinion Look at your neighbor and say, we don't need another opinion. We're sick of opinions. We're sick of them. We want Jesus. We want Jesus. We want his word. We want the doctrine of Christ, the commandments of God, and nothing else. Nothing else, because nothing else will save. Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which he heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men. Full stop. Have you received the word of God? And have you received the word of God as the word of men? That's what most people have received. Well, I know the Bible has mistakes in it. Well, if you're reading one of the howdy-doody Bibles, you're right about that. But there is an inerrant, preserved word of God that you can trust that is pure and holy, tried in the fire seven times, and for all that will turn themselves in faith to the real Jesus and the real word of God, there is a word that will come to you in power. It will come to you in deep assurance and power of the Holy Ghost. It won't be a maybe-so salvation. It will be a no-so salvation that will go in to the depths of your heart and touch the very innermost part of your being. That's the gospel of the kingdom that we preach in power and in great assurance. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 17 For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity but as of God in the sight of God speak we in Christ. Now that word corrupt there, it's a word that was used for wine cellars. <laughs> and it, it was used of the people that would sell wine that would dilute it with water to make it go farther so they could get more money out of it. And I tell you, that's just exactly what's happening now. People are taking the truths of God and they're mixing uh, something worse than water with it. They're diluting the truth. They're mixing in air with truth. And the result is people are being deceived. And people, they're being lost. And they're, they're being perished, you know. And 
the the message that's going forth from Puff the Magic Prophet, it's not a, a message that will save. It's not a message that will set free. And it, it's just like the prophet Isaiah said in the 28th chapter of Isaiah, verses 18 through 20, And your covenant with death shall be annulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, ye shall be trodden down by it. From the time that it goeth forth, it shall take you. For morning by morning shall it pass over, by day and by night it shall be a vexation only to understand the report. You know, it's going to be so bad. You know, every day there's a new bunch of crazy comes out. And it's going to come to the point where it's going to be a vexation to your soul even to understand the things being said. In verse 20, for the bed is shorter than a man can stretch himself on it. And the covering narrower, and the covering narrower, narrower than that he can wrap himself in it. Have you ever been? I know we've all done this. We've all been to where we've tried to stretch out on that couch that just wasn't big enough for us to stretch out on. We've all been short-sheeted. When you try to cover yourself up with the sheet and you're short-sheeted, it just doesn't work. That's what the covenant with death and hell is. It's trying to believe a false message. And, and death and hell, by the way, we're going to see them again in uh, Revelation. We talked about them a little bit last week, I believe. And they show up in Revelation chapter 6 and the 8th verse. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, capital D, Death, and capital H, Hell, followed with him, Death and Hell, the two beasts of Revelation 13. And that's what people have done. They have made a pact and a bargain and a compromise with the apostate religious system and with the apostate church, and they have something that is going to short-sheet them. They're going to come into a time when things get really hard. They're not going to be able to cover themselves with this sheet that they've got. They're not going to be able to stretch out in comfort believing the lies that they have made with their covenant with death and hell. He that hath an ear, let him hear. He that hath an ear, let him hear. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world, and then the end shall come. Revelation 20, beginning in verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to his works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. It's not going to end well for folks that follow the covenant with death and hell. Well, I'm going to conclude our message for this evening. Well, Sister Donna has a word from the Lord here, so she's going to share that before we close it out here. Sister Donna, you go right ahead. Word from the Lord. August 18th, 2023. You have taken my word and spread it among the seekers that have itching ears like a pile of manure. You neither discern or believe what I have written. You do not prepare my people for what is coming upon your world. My words 
are like a pure spring of water to satisfy all who drink and with healing and life. My words are not corrupt and full of things that cause sickness of soul. Many claim to hear from me, but they have too much wax in their ears from all the false teachings they have absorbed. They need to be exposed by promoting my truth. I am perplexed why so many seek entertainment, not fulfillment. They are blinded, and no eyeglasses will fix the problem. But true repentance and seeking my face will be a start. Studying to show yourselves approved is also part of the answer. Love covers a multitude of sins, but it has to be true love. Many toss that word love around, but they do not know the true meaning of the word. My word says God is love. Do you really know my love? Do you know the depths that loving others as I love them entails? Learn of me and seek understanding about my love. Remember, I chastise the ones I love so they will truly know I love them. I want my love to be contagious and something that others who hear your words and see your lives will want. Does your behavior and words make people want to understand who I am? Now is the time to show others the truth and for you not to make me ashamed of you. Make straight your path so others will not be led astray. My words will give life to all who hear what I am saying. Get the wax out of your ears and hear my heart. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, thus concludes our humble message on Puff the Magic Prophet. Tomorrow night, I'll be in the Now You See TV studios with John doing the Midnight Ride. Um, subscribe to He Walks With Us Everywhere if you have not. Uh, Tracy Vinay's channel, Brother Brett, has uh, there's a new uh, Holy Commission boot camp doing some really good stuff. I'm very pleased with that series. Uh, and there's another one in the tank ready to come out next Wednesday. Uh, that's what we want to do. We want to we want to labor for souls and get back to the true gospel. Um, oh yeah, and to Sunday night, um, 8 p.m. Central, on the FOJC Radio Rumble Channel, Brian Reese and I will be doing Atlantis Rising, and I'm looking forward to that as I do every time uh, we get to share the word of the Lord. So uh, let's just close out with a word of prayer. Father, we are so thankful for the chance once again to lift up your word unto the people. Father, we just love the saints of God. We just ask this evening, Lord, that a special blessing be upon your people and just let the anointing of your spirit fall upon those that are listening. Just encourage our hearts and strengthen us and just let your word come alive in our hearts like never before. Father, we love you so much and we we're just so thankful for salvation. We're so thankful that we're born again. 
and that we can serve you in these last days. Father, we just pray that you open the hearts of all those that hear this message tonight. Father, open their hearts because we can preach the word, but only you can open the heart. So, Father, open the hearts of those that listen. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and we agree. Amen and amen. God bless each and every one of you. And we'll be back, Lord willing, next Friday night, 6 p.m. Central, on the FOJC Remnant Gathering. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening and joining in fellowship with us here at FOJC Radio Remnant Gathering. You can contact us at FOJC Post Office Box 671 Tell City, Indiana 47586 or you can email us at lastdayschurch at cs.com or you may call us at 812-836-2288 You can check out our website at www.fojcradio.com Thanks and God bless.